Watch out for all the goblins. My name is Jordan Reed. And I'm Lindsay Reed. And this is Spooky Spouses, a podcast about ghosts and goblins and stuff. Each week we talk about things like, I guess, goblins. It was a turkey joke. I googled best Thanksgiving jokes 2018 (laughs) because the ones from last year everyone's heard. I forgot that this week is Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, you're right. We talk about paranormal things. Uh, We talk about how scary turkey is in general. Murder. We already said deep frying turkeys the one time. Pumpkin pie, but if it's underbaked. Cryptozoology. Uh, And all sorts of stuff that ghosts like. Anything scary, spooky related. Anything at all. If this is your first time listening, or even if it's not, and you just forget, because a lot can happen in a week, Lindsay and I research a topic separately, and then we walk back into our house, and we do our crystal and amethyst rituals, and then we sit down to record the show and discuss what we've researched for the very first time with each and every one of you right now. My crystal ritual is basically just coming in the door putting my PJs on, and then not doing anything else for the rest of the day. Did you want to tell our listeners what your PJ ensemble is today? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am I just ha- so happen to be wearing all burgundy. Yeah. I'm kind of a Ron Burgundy today. You're, a bur- you're my burgundy baby. I'm a spooky burgundy queen. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that this episode is the week of Thanksgiving. Yeah. Because I had had it in my head because we're going home for Thanksgiving. And luckily, we both grew up in the exact same town. But I forgot that we're going home because we have to record an episode in Madison, Ohio. And I kept thinking that that was our Thanksgiving one. But it's not. This is. This is it. Yeah. So what spooky thing are you thankful for? The spookiest thing I'm thankful for? Yeah. Uh, I think I'm thankful for people's heads slowly spinning in 360 360 degrees so like exorcisms yeah but i don't think that's that's like you want to say you're thankful for exorcisms well no i'm thankful for exorcisms but i'm not thankful for demonic possessions yeah i'm thankful for exorcisms (laughs) yeah okay but i also think i don't necessarily think that your head spinning around 360 is exclusive just to exorcists uh possessions Okay. I don't know. What are you thankful for? What what spooky thing are you uh, thankful what for? What spooky thing? I don't really know. Well, neither did I, but I dug I deep. mean, like, I love murder stuff, but I'm not, like, thankful for murderers. No. I'm, like, not thankful for those. Yeah. You, well, I would say anti-thankful for them. Yeah. <laughs> Unthankful. I'm thankful for, like, just the idea of what witches do. Like, not necessarily, like, hurting people, but, like... All their good smelly stuff, like their Palo Santo and their crystals and their herbs. Frankincense. Yeah, like, I don't know if that's, it's not like witchcraft. It's like herbalism, I guess. But that I guess that's not really spooky. Can it be? It can be. I don't know. if or, I mean, it's not spooky in a bad way. It's mysterious. Okay. I don't know. I mean, drinking tea in general is kind of a mysterious thing. Sure. Do you ever <laughs> feel like, do you ever feel not cool in a way like, you know, you're wearing Jinko jeans, but cool in a way like, I don't know, a little bit bohemian when you drink tea, like a little, I'm just kind of, uh, I'm kind of living a coffee shop life or I'm kind of, uh, like it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be unusual if someone saw you wearing a beret and you're drinking tea. 
I guess. I just really like tea, though. So do I. Okay. Wow. <laughs> cool. Well, hey, first things first, I think we'd like to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, however you're celebrating with your friends or your family or just your pets or whatever. We hope you have a good one, a good holiday. Yeah, and if you have a far drive and you're catching up on some episodes, I think last week you talked about a werewolf that is in Ohio. Yes. And I explained some weird medical things that people used to do back in the day and some weird medical cases that had happened back in the day. And I would say, I know there's been a lot of them, but I would say the longest discussion you and I have ever had about farts. Yeah, and goats, <laughs> which is surprising because you love goats. You know, you if I'm allowed, one thing I am thankful for and is you, Lindsay. And well, thank you. You're welcome, uh, only today. But, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but when you and I first started um, holding hands, there was one night where we watched goat videos on YouTube for over an hour. Yeah. And that was very fun. It was fun. And that was a like at, like before the whole goat noise even peaked. So we were like a little bit ahead of the curve. <laughs> I guess so. That was in 2011. Hey, Get- guys, we're cool. You know. Well, <laughs> we've watched goat videos in 2011. So there. Yeah. Uh, so anyways. Do you want... Well, you're starting this week. Yes, I'm first this week. Okay. Do you want to know what my topic is? Uh, yes. Okay, so I'm going to read this little paragraph that I found because I I thought it was like pretty informative. And so, it was a good leeway. Oh, and a good like a good... It was informative for like what my topic was. It's a good leeway into my topic. You're, you're whetting our appetite. Yes. Is it cool I said d- the W that way? Yeah. What? <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to start. Yeah, I'm ready. Lighthouses are the beacons in the night for those out at sea. They ensure that boats enter harbors safely and serve as markers for hazardous coastlines. But life in a lighthouse can be pretty lonely. Ask any lighthouse keeper. Maybe that's why eerie legends and ghost stories have surrounded lighthouses around the world throughout the years. Okay, so I think I can guess what your topic is. Goats. <laughs> sneakers and farts oh we're talking more about the brown wind yeah okay great does it have to be brown well you think about like a fart is kind of a foreshadowing dusty wind yeah, it's just a dusty wind <laughs> <laughs> you know that was the name really quick dusty wind is my cowboy name and also i used to get babysat by a woman named Rhonda, and her husband's name was breeze which I think oh. is super cool. But anyways, please anyways. Uh, please go ahead. Okay, so if you haven't guessed, I'm going to share a couple stories about some lighthouses. I think this is cool because lighthouses are really interesting. We've talked about lighthouses a little bit, but yeah, this is just two stories of two lighthouses that I thought were kind of cool. Okay. So the first one is the lighthouse at Eileen Moore, and it's on the Flannan Islands. That's off the coast of Scotland. Okay. So it's on the Flannan Islands. It was named after St. Flannan, and he was a 6th century Irish bishop that later became a saint. So on this island by the lighthouse, he built a chapel because he was a religious guy. Yeah. And for centuries, shepherds used to bring their sheep to the island to graze. But the legend was they would never stay the night because they said that they were fearful of the spirits that believed to haunt that spot. Okay, so this is... So right off the bat... Already haunted. They're like... I don't know what it's haunted by, but nobody stays there. It's a creepy place. You take your sheep there. 
they eat the grass, you go home. Now, you said this is in the 6th century? It was named after St. Flannan from the 6th century. Okay, I was going to say, how did anyone know this story from like within the year 500 or so? That's crazy. Okay. This story takes place on December 15th, 1900. 1900. Okay, cool. All right. So there were three lighthouse keepers that lived in the lighthouse and were responsible for keeping the building intact. So monthly, a supply boat would come by and drop off supplies for them and make sure they were doing okay. But one day when their supply ship dropped by, the island was totally silent. No response from the lighthouse keepers. So the people found the entrance gate to the compound and main door of the lighthouse both closed. And when they opened them up, the beds were unmade and all the clocks had stopped. So they walked in, messy beds, clocks were not working. Yes. Okay. But that was the only sign that things were overturned or there had seemed to be like a chaos scatter to get out of the lighthouse was just beds were unmade. Okay. So it almost kind of seemed like they woke up and then we don't know what happened. That's weird, right? Yeah, it's super weird. So there's three lighthouse keepers and they can't find any of them. So eventually the captain and the crew members went to investigate and found a disturbingly empty lighthouse. Two of the three waterproof coats were missing from their hangers and the kitchen was left in the state as if people not necessarily left in a hurry. Dishes were clean, put away, no food was left out. Okay, but their beds still weren't made. Yeah, so it seems like they got out of bed and like something happened. Who doesn't make their bed right away as soon as they get out of bed? Well, what if it was like a scary thing? Yeah, I mean, I know that. But like if <laughs> Like they... if a monster comes in your lighthouse, you're going to yeah. like, "Hold on, wait a minute. Let me make my bed up." Well, I, politely, yes. I'd say just give me a sec. Just <laughs> give me a sec. Let me just do a quick one. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> So the three keepers that lived on the lighthouse, they would keep a log to basically say like what troubles they had, what supplies they needed, just anything if there were storms or anything reported so they could know, hey, this is what happens here on this island. Like a journal. Yeah, exactly. I I thought you had meant like just a large piece of wood. A fire log. Just one log. They just carry it around. And they tap it really quick before they left. Later, David. They call it David. So no real signs of a scuffle. Mm -hmm. Nothing like odd. Two of the three waterproof coats are missing. Two of the... Okay, so one for each of the people who watch the thing. Yes. Okay. But still no signs of anyone. So the lighthouse log only added one more mystery to the situation. The log described how one of the keepers wouldn't talk. The other one continuously cried for hours. What? Just like all the time or just like the one? I guess. (laughs) All this stuff was written down in the log. And also the log said something about how there was a big, powerful storm looming in the distance and they were scared and one was crying and one wouldn't talk and all this stuff. However, they were so scared of a storm, but nobody like reached out for any help. Okay. Like they just logged it down that they were scared and there was this big storm coming. Did they also mention in the log how they've been experimenting with like weird pagan rituals and like doing anything and... No. Okay. So this kind of is the question like what made them so scared of the storm? Why did they know that the storm was coming? Like what did they mean by the storm? Is it like a symbolic thing? Oh, sure. I mean, that's kind of where I went with it. 
I'm like, what? Were they not getting along? Like, what was going on? That the the storm was a metaphor for something else? So the log or the journal continues to talk about how they all stayed close together and prayed for the storm to be over. The final statement in the log says, the storm has passed, the skies are calm, God is over all. That was their last journal entry. Their bodies were never found. Uh, the cause of their death is still a mystery to this day. Um, the most acceptable theory is that they somehow got swept out to sea during the storm and never seen again. But there's one final detail that the captains used to keep logs as well. And all the captains in that area said that that storm that they talked about never existed. Weird. That's very weird. So they all the reports in that area said that the skies and the sea were calm that whole day. That's bizarre. So it was really weird and it's like still a big mystery of like what happened to these three lighthouse keepers. Do you think because of the only form really, I guess, of documentation back then or that people had to go off of were logs, right? Yeah. From the captains and the lighthouse people. Do you think that foul play could have been involved? with maybe one of the lighthouse workers? Well, one of the theories that somebody had come up with, with but they don't have any evidence or any proof. Like, these are just theories that they think that one keeper might have murdered the others and then thrown himself into the sea. Oh. Um, another theory is that a sea serpent or a giant seabird had carried them away. Ah, uh, yes. The um, mythical sea crow. Yeah, they never found him. They also, another theory said that there is a big old wise tale, which I have to look up because I don't know anything about, called The Phantom of the Seven Hunters. And it is supposedly a boat filled with ghosts. It's just one big boat? Yeah, and they think that maybe the Phantom of the Seven Hunters got them. So the Seven Hunt, like the Phantom of the Seven Hunters, so the boat is full of seven murderous ghosts. I don't know. It just says the boat is filled with ghosts, but it's called Phantom of the Seven Hunters. Phantom of the Seven Hunters is my favorite side story from the Lord of the Rings yeah. trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> Except you... you don't find a ring. You just find a lighthouse and then you die. Yeah. Just really, just like, but like really quick. Or just think about a boat full of ghosts. Like how annoying. What if you, you know, were on a, how annoying? <laughs> you know, you have some of those ghosts that are like, oh, I'm going to get really good at scaring people. And then I'm going to play tricks on everyone. Well, I guess they have plenty of time to practice their shtick when they're just sailing around. Yeah, and then there's those ghosts that are like sad about being a ghost. They're like like, mad. Like, come on. Okay, we have eternity to be dead in ghosts. Right, and then there's like demon ghosts. Oh, yeah. Like everybody wants to stay away from them because they're in a bad mood all the time. So you mean being on the boat would be annoying, not seeing a boat of demon of, of no, ghosts. being up on the boat what would you do if you were on a cruise and you were like up really late at night and you're out and you just see a ghost ship just sailing past in the fog past your thing and like you're expecting like all this crazy stuff but then the the ghosts also catch your eye and it's just like a small wave hey how are you we're on our way to do something else. I think that'd be fine. I just imagine the wave from like Forrest Gump when he's on the Bubba Shrimp boat and he waves really fast, <laughs> like has his chest puffed out. I know you and I were talking recently about like favorite gifs or whatever, and that's one of mine. It's just yeah. Forrest Gump or Tom Hanks waving like that. It's really funny. It is really funny. Okay, so the other lighthouse that I have is the Seguin Lighthouse in New England. 
Okay. So this lighthouse was established in 1795. And the Seguin Islands are 64 acres, and it is the second oldest lighthouse in Maine. So I'm sure um, our friend... Stephen King? Stephen King. <laughs> oh, I thought I was joking around, but you... you <laughs> Probably really loves this place. Oh, good. I'm really glad I... Because it took away some... Because he loves Maine. Yeah. Maine and Vermont. Oh, my gosh. Anything, anything Stephen King related, there's some cop who wears like khaki colored uniform yeah. from New England. So anyways, like I said, life on an island, especially in a lighthouse, can get pretty lonely for the keepers. Uh, um, a husband like... and wife uh... in the 1800s. So island established 1795, 1800s, a lighthouse keeper and his wife. They move into the house. And they're like, we'll take care of this lighthouse. This is fine. I wish our listeners could see what your eyes just did. You like gave like Why? a weird that you like like a, you gave a little maniacal stare because it's gonna get crazy here. No, I know, but it hold was hold on it to was your just, ghost bridges. <laughs> hold on to your ghost bottom. <laughs> it was just really good acting. Oh wow! Well, thanks. Yeah, maybe we'll start doing movies, spooky spouse videos. Okay, well, sure. Probably not. Um. So, anyways. <laughs> The keeper's wife fell in deep depression. Surprise, surprise. So the husband, as an attempt to raise his wife's spirits, was like, I'm going to ship in a piano because you've always wanted to learn how to play the piano and you have tons of free time. So this will be fun and entertaining and you can play the piano. Oh, that's really nice. So he shipped in a piano. She was really happy about it. She started playing arrangements that she had also shipped to the island. And she learned to play some music and wanted to get really, really good at the piano but things didn't work out that great so <laughs> she picked a song from one of the books that she had shipped over and for many months she practiced at all hours of the day until she had completely mastered the tune so i think she started to go a little crazy okay is my thoughts um when her husband asked if she would like some new sheet music shipped over from the mainland she declined and continued to play the same song over and over every single day Good. So after months of being subjected to the same tune and slightly driven mad by the torment of isolation and his wife that has pretty much lost her mind, he um, destroyed the piano with an axe. Oh. <laughs> and then as his wife got mad, he also destroyed his wife with the axe. Wow. Apparently this guy hates piano. Well, I mean, if you're months and months of listening to, like, what song do you think it was? <laughs> Bruno Mars. <laughs> no, I was going to say it was a really early piano version of, um, I like Carly Rae Jepsen, but... Harry call, Styles. But Call Me Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the that, 1800s Call Me Maybe. Or that Friday song. What's a Friday song? That one, is it Rebecca Black or something? Friday, Friday. I don't know that one. Oh, it's, I think it's like now is regarded as the one of the world's worst songs ever. Oh, well, anyways. Well, whatever. So he axed his wife to death. Man, oh man. I understand getting tired of something, but just... Yeah, he got raged out. No kidding. He drank a monster energy drink. <laughs> just got so monstered <laughs> Can't out. Can't take the Carly Rae Jepsen anymore. What color of the monster energy drink do you think he drank? purple sure <laughs> i don't even know what they do he what got did... crazy and he drank a little seawater got crazy <laughs> and then he also took his own life because he realized what he had done Ooh, yeah i guess what do you think after he saw the remains of the piano and his wife he's like kind of overreacted oops kind of oopsies oops you know maybe there's a lawsuit here against monster i don't want to deal with the paperwork axe 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 himself 
Right. Let me ax you a question. Did, is what I did bad? <laughs> is what I did bad? Here's yeah. my axner. Yes, it was bad. <laughs> so to this day, visitors um, have visited the isolated island and had reported hearing haunting sounds of piano music drifting softly from the lighthouse, only to <laughs> st- discover that the building is empty. Many believe the ghosts of the lighthouse are the keeper and his wife, and they refuse to leave the island. She's still playing her tune on the phantom piano, and also people have witnessed um, the husband trudging around the island with an axe in his hand do some of the reports say like people were walking around and they're like is that a really mediocre version of that terrible maroon 5 song that new one Girls <laughs> what if it was just that it was just that melody over and over and over again what if it's like there is like reincarnation in life and it was adam levine that actually lived there with his wife Whoa. and she was playing that song and he's like i can't take that song and then he axed her the piano and himself and then was reborn. Yes. And then asked himself the question, was that tune And catchy? he listens to that tune now and he's like, sometimes I just want to take an axe to everyone when I listen to my own song. Yeah. It's probably just an Adam Levine thing. Chop you up. I'm going to chop <laughs> you up. I think that's what, what the lyrics probably are. Probably. The, the original lyrics. Chop you up. I'm going to chop you up. Imagine that though. Like, okay, you're isolated you're stressed out you're taking care of a lighthouse you have you see nobody yeah for a long time and your wife like slowly starts to lose it and just starts playing the same song all day all night every day well okay if you and i were in that situation it would be very sad let me let me first say this but also we are making jokes i would hope that you had lost it enough to where maybe when you had fallen asleep i took all of the hammers out of the piano so then whenever you touched any of the keys, no sound would come out, but you would think sound would be coming out. I guess I would just bank on you like having like really just gone, really gone off your rocker. <laughs> so then you just sat at the piano and all you heard was like tap, 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 tap. Yeah. And then be like, ah, oh, see, problem solved. Now she can play piano whenever she wants. And, and I'd, I, I would also preemptively throw the axe in the water so I wouldn't make a terrible mistake. Right. Well, those are my lighthouse stories. Well, I would like to know what you would do if the roles were reversed. If I if if I started playing your maroon, saxophone, no, because that's a little bit too real. Maybe <laughs> okay. if I started because uh, if I if I started playing piano, okay. a lot, and I like what what would you do in the situation? Would you go through and be like, well, I gotta chop him up, or like how would you handle? Well, it? I wouldn't want to chop you up. Well, I don't. But know if I, if I, like, where if, this is like going. the story goes that I'm supposed to chop you up, I would just really hope it'd be to a funny song to do it. Like what? Like think about American Psycho when he chops that girl up and he's playing Studio. What okay. a good song! Like I would not be mad if you. I just me imagine up. like you just playing like you're a grand old flag, you're a high flying flag, and I'm just like going to town, and I'm like, well, this is fun. <laughs> That would be pretty funny. Like a really upbeat one. I would and like. And just you're still playing as I'm chopping you. Like you're still like you're on the ground, but you're still trying to reach for the keys and like. Still smiling. Still smiling and you're still trying to play. <laughs> That's a fun thing to think about. <laughs> you and me chopping each other up. Yeah, well. <laughs> playing piano. Playing hey. piano. What song. Okay. What about you were about to chop me up and then I switched to a new song all of a sudden. I didn't know you were about to chop me up. But all of a sudden, I was just like, okay, I feel like I'm going to play a new song all of a sudden. Yeah. What song would it have to be for you to stop mid-axe swing and go, I could live with this song for a little while? Um, 
I don't know. I'm thinking of a song that like I never gets old for me. Grand old flag or <laughs> <laughs> That's usually what I rock out to on the way to work, but anything from the Tony Hawk Pro Skater One soundtrack. <laughs> yes. Melancholin. Maybe Automatic by the Pointer Sisters, because I've been listening to that a lot. Is that the one uh but but automatic? That one? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. To run to. <laughs> <laughs> we really sang a lot in this one i know you're welcome everyone. hey you're welcome or sorry <laughs> but anyways yeah those are pretty interesting stories yeah there's a lot of haunted lighthouses and it makes sense now that i've kind of read a little bit because i'm like why are lighthouses supposedly so haunted yeah but you think about it it's kind of like i thought about the same thing about fire watch towers yeah people that live in those towers to watch out for forest fires like what a lonely thing i think isolation can be a super real thing whether it's like you maybe just don't leave your house or you're quite literally isolated very far away in the middle of the forest or like yeah out in the water i think you can really start to go 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 a little nutso yeah yeah see the forest i i feel like you can explore a little bit more you might see campers or hikers but like raccoon if you're on an island in the middle of the ocean like you're not gonna see much yeah i mean maybe some whales which would be cool but but i guess like it's so much easier to go for a hike and then it is to like just go swimming all the time year round yeah well usually in lighthouses too it's like pretty rocky water it's not like you can just like walk out to the beach and go yeah they're usually in some choppy areas because they put a lighthouse for warning so you have a lighthouse in kind of a a bad area of storms that's a lot lighthouses are pretty creepy they are creepy we have a lighthouse where we grew up maybe we might go there oh in fairport this week and see if it's haunted there's supposed to be a haunted ghost cat there oh meow (laughs) maybe we'll 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 go pet a haunted ghost cat okay that sounds good well would you like to do some haunted housekeeping yeah and then we'll come back and then i will dive into my topic which is only thanksgiving humor okay humors in air quotes okay okay well okay yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) well we will see each and every one of you in three two one As per usual, this week's episode is brought to you in part by our spooky little buddies over at VidiSpace. VidiSpace is an online streaming service chock full of ghosts, demons, interviews, stream, like live stream stuff, and now podcasts. Anything spooky related. Anything. Kind of like our show. Yeah. Except that it's a much larger thing than our show. Our show's just on it. Our show's just on it. <laughs> and we're in it. And you're listening to it. So VidiSpace was founded by our spooky buds, Nick Groff and Elizabeth Saint, paranormal investigators and very nice humans. And they wanted to make a platform that if you wanted to watch a documentary about the Boggy Creek Monster, you could. If you wanted to watch our friend Marielle Pabst investigate some buildings on her show Ghost Vlogs, you could do that as well. It's anything and everything spooky streaming whenever you want. And can't you get 15 15- days free if you sign up Lindsay. yes you can Ooh. if you go to vidi that's v-i-d-i dot space you can sign up right now for a 15 day free trial and i think they did 15 days because it's like okay a week goes by i have no idea another week goes by i really don't know and then one more day now i've decided 
Right. It takes me 15 days to make a decision about anything, really. So to go there and have 15 days free, it's a very nice luxury. So VidiSpace is separated into all sorts of little clickable zones called spaces, and you can click on one. Right now, I just clicked on one called the Sci-Fi Space. And in there, you can find a bunch of movies, a brand new sci-fi movie on there called Molly, Vanishing Waves, The Tribe. You can click on other spaces and watch The Pajama Party with Chip Coffee, our buddy Chip Chip coffee. Very fun person to watch. Very fun person to watch. Go over to vidi.space, check it out for a minute, take a gander, take a goblin gander, and spend 15 days for free absorbing all of the haunted content you can. We are also happily a part of the Scavengers Network, which is a podcast network with a lot of great shows on there. I think we are the only spooky one, but it depends on what you find spooky. Yeah, I think also depending on the season, typically when October runs around, because everybody who's on the Scavengers Network is very much so into spooky stuff, you can find some spooky stuff on there around the Halloween season. Yeah, there's great podcasts on there like Journey Under 30, Myth Takes, which you are actually a part of. Yes, and this coming Thursday is going to be one of the last episodes of this season of Myth Takes that I'm on, and we're looking for witches. Also shows like Academy Outcasts, State Your Case, Historical Hotties, and you can find the Scavengers Network on basically every form of social media except for MySpace yet by going to searching up just Scavengers Network on Instagram or Twitter. There's also a Facebook, and then I believe there's a brand new updated website scavengersnetwork.com and that is all founded and run by our special buddy colin parker yeah so check it out follow them stay in touch thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) welcome back our turkey friends i couldn't think of another any alliteration turkey tribe no Because, like, I know people say, like, crew or fam. I've seen some people say tribe. Um, It's like, okay, I get it. Mashed potato, mythical creature. Yeah, but maybe something shorter. Mashed potato. What's up, mashed (laughs) What's up, mashed (laughs) potatoes? Welcome back. Hopefully, you spent a little bit of time perusing vidi.space unless you're driving and then wait until you're parked or out of the car totally. And then we also hope you check the Scavengers Network and maybe browse there a little bit. But I would like to start off my segment with this Thanksgiving joke I've been sitting on since the beginning of the episode. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Knock, knock. Who's there? Norma Lee. Norma Lee who? Normally, I don't eat this much. Wow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, why did the police arrest the turkey? They suspected foul play. Um, they're not, you know, they're not really good. I don't really get that one. Foul, like a bird, like oh, wild birds. Oh, okay. I get it now. Yeah, right. Yes, I mean, good jokes. Well, <laughs> typically jokes where you have to explain them doesn't mean they're very good. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. So for my topic this week, I have a pretty cool story. I'm not trying to persuade you, but at least to me, I found it very interesting. That's why I dug deep. But I also have four quick little breaking boos, like just quick little headlines. Okay. Just to keep everybody updated. And two of them, the very first two, are things that I've talked about. So apparently, apparently. There you go. You're apparently again. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess. Yeah. That maybe people, there are a lot of copycats going on or happening 
or this actually could be legitimizing it more. About the Wolfman? Well, so one of the breaking boos is that now some people spotted a dog man in Colorado. And last week I said they were mm. spotting him in California. Okay. So the dog man or wolf people typically in and around Michigan, then California, now Colorado. Wow, they've really traveled. Or they're like stray cats and they just keep spawning everywhere. And everyone keeps looking around outside with a magnifying glass on their eye and they're like, whoa, is that a wolf man? And they forget to put the magnifying glass down. Everything just looks super big. Oh. See, another cool joke that I had to explain, <laughs> which is like, man, I'm on a roll. I just, they're just too funny. I was funny. like, what's the magnifying glass? Like, is it, I was thinking of like a monocle. I'm oh. like, why would people have to wear a monocle to see the dog man? Well. But I, like I said last week, I have a very little brain. So. Well, Linz. Maybe other people got your joke. I didn't. <laughs> I think the reason why you and I are married is because we both have tiny brains. <laughs> okay. Uh, another breaking booze. They spotted a pterodactyl in Wisconsin. It wasn't just that big bird. Might be a pterodactyl. Oh, or yeah. A well, Argentavis, that giant bird, those allegedly don't exist anymore. Yeah, but like big cranes and stuff do. But I would think it would have to be. So is it a pterodactyl? Probably not. But don't you think it would have to be a giant bird for someone to go, that's probably a pterodactyl. Yeah, but like, have you ever? Okay, this is an example that I always think in my head is, do you know when you go to the zoo? Uh, and you on. have like yes i do okay and you have like the know-it-all parents that are trying to tell their kid what an animal is and 90 percent of the time they could just read the sign and know exactly what it is but they still call it something else yes like when they call the koala koala bear and it's just a koala yeah they're it's not a bear they're not bears they're marsupials and i've heard people call like lions and stuff like i mean obviously they're cats that's fine but they're yeah. like look at the tigers it's oh, like those sure. aren't tigers they're not you just have to read the sign yeah so you're when right. people look up at this guy and they're like oh that's a pterodactyl i'm like no they did no research they just looked at a big old crane and they're reporting a pterodactyl now i would like to think it's a pterodactyl or something similar but <laughs> i mean i bet you it's not Okay. Okay. And then two from overseas in England, a woman in London said that her haunted doll attacked her boyfriend. Oh. Um, and then th this one, I was like, okay, whatever. Th this is the, which is funny to say, the hardest to believe. Yeah. But I watched the video because there is video. Mm -hmm. And it was like, if it is faked, I want to know how they faked it because it was cool looking. It's pretty good. It was at least good enough for me to go, huh. Yeah. So you know a lot of people now have those doorbell cameras, like what's what's the one company, Ring? It, yeah. Uh, it, it's motion detected or when anyone rings your doorbell, you can go to your phone as well. Well, these people have a doorbell cam over in England and they captured this weird smudgy fog thing walking up to the front of their house and their doorbell would ring and then it would just kind of go away. And it happened twice. Hmm. So they think it's a ghost ringing their doorbell. And I watched the video and it's weird. It's Weird looking. I would have to see the video. Remind me and I'll show you the video. Okay. Do you want to see it now or you want to wait? I'll wait till later. Okay. But that's strange. It actually, it honestly, it actually was strange. Hmm. Okay. I, it very well could be a bug and the bug could be triggering the doorbell or something. I don't know. But it was, it was neat. It was neat looking. Right. Okay. So I have a story that happened in Ohio again. 
Okay. And it's an alien story. Now, hear me out <laughs> before Lindsay is zipping up her jacket and she's about to leave the house. No. <laughs> no, but this one actually to me seems it's it's interesting enough to where I wanted to know more about it. It wasn't one of the ones where I was like, okay, great. F- next, please. Okay, I'm ready. This happened to a guy in Ohio named Dale Floyd Spower. Okay. What part of Ohio? What part of Ohio? <laughs> There was probably about 30 seconds that I edited out where Molly came up and stared at Lindsay and then Lindsay had to convince Molly to lay on her lap. So now Lindsay is on Molly duty. So Yeah, and Mo- she's not a lap dog either. So No, she's uh probably a little heavier than she needs to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. She's sad. It's okay. Um, so I believe this happened around, I never know how to pronounce this this town in Ohio. Ravenna? Ravenna? Ravenna, I think. Ravenna? Ravenna, Ohio. Okay. Yeah. So in and around Ravenna, Ohio, I believe this guy, Dale Spower, was a respected sheriff back in the 60s. Back in 1966, had a pretty intense encounter while he was on duty and was living in a motel, was approached by a reporter, and he told the reporter that this UFO or what the the government is now referring to as UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, or Unidentified Aerial Threat, which is a To the Stars Academy, our buddy Tom DeLong. He said that this thing was following him. So he was living in seclusion in the middle of nowhere, or sorry, in, in Solon, which we know Solon, in a motel where he was living off of like, I guess, 80 bucks a week and told this reporter that he was eating like only cereal uh, and he'd have the occasional sandwich. Why? Because he was afraid to go anywhere? He was afraid to go anywhere and he was being followed apparently by this UAP. Okay. So he referred to this UAP or this UFO as Floyd, which is his middle name because he feels like it legitimized it more or he it kind of destigmatized it, calling it his just just by his middle name. So this guy Dale moved into this motel. No one really heard from him for about 40 years or no one really heard anything about the case for about 40 years. And then the author of the uh, Weird Ohio book, James Renner, was approached by Dale's son, James Spower, who I guess is the super tall dude that he felt the need to include in the book. He's six foot four, which is actually very tall. Yeah. And he approached James Renner, the author of the book, because he was like, I have a lot to tell about the story because when everything happened, everyone dismissed it. And they were like, okay, Dale, obviously you've been working crazy daily. Yeah, that's what they call crazy, them. <laughs> crazy Daily. Crazy Daily, the police. The cereal eaten Crazy Daily. Yes. What do you yeah. think his favorite cereal was? Or do you think he mixed it up? <laughs> uh, well, what's it really? He was probably buying the... Like Cap'n Crunch. People I love Cap'n Crunch. I was about Cap'n to say Crunch. Cap'n Crunch, but the often overlooked bagged cereals. But oh, the yeah, bags, like the, the, the toastios and... Or the like Captain Crunch equivalent in the bag, like Admiral, Admiral Chomp. Or something like that, or whatever it was called. Okay. Maybe Admiral Chomp. But this entire story, James, Dale's son you know, had heard many times from his dad. So this is this is the entire story about what happened at the first sighting and then after that sighting that James had heard from his dad. Okay. So April 17th, 1966 in Portage County, Ohio, Dale and another one of his um, police buddies were patrolling and they were on the midnight shift. Midnight to like super early in the morning or like what? Mid, like early afternoon or something? Yeah. I believe this happened like around, say, 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 
kind of towards the, the, the end of their shift, maybe halfway through. Okay. And Dale and his deputy buddy were patrolling and they came up along this Ford that was parked along, it was like on the, the, the side of the road near the cusp of some pretty dense woods. And I guess the Ford was just full of like a ton of odd looking, maybe to the untrained eye, but a bunch of odd looking electronic equipment. All right. And one of the weirdest parts that I, I, I wrote down quickly uh, and then I just kind of forgot was that so Dale got out of the car and was walking around with his flashlight looking at all the weird electronic equipment. And on the passenger side of the car on the door was the obviously the owner of the car had drawn a triangle with a lightning bolt inside of it and then above it wrote quote seven steps to heck now it doesn't say heck it said the real one yeah seven steps to heck he double hockey sticks so do you think that's more like satanic ish I have no idea. I don't think that like the 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 tri. I mean, a triangle, at least in terms of iconography, it is usually like a sign of stability or something. Or Illuminati. Or Illuminati stuff. I don't know, but like triangles typically represent like stability. Square is usually like strength or power, and a circle is like unity or something like that. Yeah. So I don't know. I I really I really have no idea. It could have just been a cool design that some person who was really into electronics just drew and they're like now what do i write above it he's like this is my favorite car japanese cartoon <laughs> it's my favorite anime seven favorite steps to heck <laughs> i can't wait to draw goku going super saiyan on it <laughs> i've never watched dragon ball z but i do know that goku is a person from the show hmm. So Dale took us took a step back from the thing and I think was going to like write a description of the vehicle and what the heck was going on around here in the first place anyways. And then he said he took a step back and then all of a sudden it didn't rise up. It just kind of turned on. There was this floating thing above the trees. Okay. Kind of high above the trees. They he he guessed roughly about 500 foot above the the tree line. And then he said this light on the bottom of it like a beam of light, like um, like I don't know your your typical like UFO abduction sort of a light right. turned on. That was a really really pale blue, and he said it was extremely bright, but like the the light didn't travel very far. Yeah, meaning like I don't know whatever it touched was super bright, but it didn't have much of a spread, I guess. Okay. And Dale said, "quote It was as bright as daylight." End quote. So, uh, oh, he also said that it looked like it was just sitting on top of this beam of light. Like it was really powerful and it was coming out of directly out of the bottom of this ship, I guess, or this, this thing in the sky. Right. They noticed the ship and then it looked like the ship started to move forward a bit. But I guess as it moved forward, meaning like just not like towards them or anything, but just kind of away or it was going, I guess. It looked a little bit like something was sort of pressing on the top of it. So it would slightly angle its nose towards the ground and then move forward. Does that make sense? Is that okay visual? Yeah, so it was like hovering, but it was like when it would move, it would tilt forward a little yes, bit. Yes, yes, yes. Dale said as this thing started to go forward, it let out this low frequency humming sound. But it also sounded like there was almost like this weird constant whispering noise that was happening while it was humming. Oh, so he had ghosts and aliens. He was collecting nonstop <laughs> EVPs. Help, we're here. We'll we'll let you know all the ghost secrets ever. Uh, yeah, which turns out if you have a beam of light coming from an alien ship, you can collect as many EVPs as you want. Side note, we downloaded an app this weekend on our phone, um, a spirit box, and it just said that there was a ghost in our bathroom. It said the word Aiden, yeah. money, 
and like something else. Oh, it also said hole. H O L E. So we're like, I think it's talking about the toilet. Yeah. And it's weird now because now when we use the bathroom, we get sucked into a different dimension, like a dimension. <laughs> it's weird, but we will figure it out. Yeah, it's really bizarre. And I'm actually surprised that we're here right now. But what's cool about the other dimension is that everyone's the same, except they have celery for legs. Yeah. And it's like, it's oh, totally fine. Hmm, this is cute. Yeah. This and like Molly and has a few more heads than usual. Yeah. 20, it's fine. 24. Yeah. 24 heads. One for each hour of the day. But anyways, back to your alien story. Back to the alien story. Dale got back in the cruiser and him and his cop buddy started driving after it. And he called dispatch. Dale did and said, hey, there's this thing. I don't know what's going on. Dale said, I I guess said this to dispatch, quote, there's a dome on the top, but it's hard to see. It's dark, meaning it's dark outside. Right. The police department was sending out a cop car or a cruiser with a camera on it, but the the UFO was already long gone or like it was leaving right then and there. Right. So they, they, they couldn't get a car to it. Dale reported that they were going almost 100 miles an hour in their cruiser keeping up with this thing, and they followed it for quite a while. Well, that just seems really unsafe. Yeah, I mean, it's a little unsafe. Driving through, like, roads with woods. Yes. Being cop buddies. Yeah. Gunning it at 100 miles per hour. A little bit unsafe, but, like, maybe, like, one of the reasons why, like, most people, this is what I'm talking about. This is why I got in the force. Well, just imagine, like, getting back to the station and your your chief is mad at you and he's like, why were you doing 100 during back roads? And you're like, oh, we're chasing a UFO. There's a couple aliens out there, bub. <laughs> so we had to hightail it out of here, bubby. Nobody really in Ohio has much of a Southern accent. I mean, Southern Ohio. Southern Ohio, for sure. But I like how Ohio, we just relate to a Southern accent. Yeah, well, I think it's because, like, it's hard to differentiate a person who we're, like, talking or who we're, like, talking as living in Ohio because there's not that much of an accent. Just nasal. Just nasally. So we have to, I guess, make them Southern. Sure. We can make them, I don't know. Scottish? Sound sound like they're underwater or something. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. While they were chasing it, Dale uh, kind of equated this thing's shape to looking like a flattened ice cream cone. Like, uh, kind of oblong. Like, think, like, take an ice cream cone like you're holding up with one scoop on it. Yeah. Turn it on its side and then just that basic shape. Oh, so like a circle with like a horn. Like a like a teardrop. Yeah, okay. But the 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 point is the back of the ship. Okay. A lot different than your typical flying saucer. A lot different than your typical flying saucer. This is a flying ice cream cone. It had mods to it. It had so many cool mods. It had so many mods. <laughs> uh, the chase was headed towards the border of Pennsylvania. And I guess Dale radioed to or called the Youngstown Air Force Base so someone could get a plane in the sky. I don't know if they just weren't able to or if they didn't have clearance. I don't really know how those things work because that was all it said about the Youngstown Air Force Base. Okay. That was it. I guess as they were uh, getting into Pennsylvania, very much so out of their jurisdiction, hello, they were running out of gas, so they they quite literally had to pull into a gas station to fill up their car. And while they were there, they met up with Pennsylvania police officer who they were radioing with, Frank Panzanella. And when, when they got out of the car, they were like, were you chasing that thing too? And I guess Officer Panzanella from Pennsylvania was like, yeah, I've been chasing it for a while now as well. So they were both kind of like following it from different directions, one in Ohio, one in PA. Hmm. 
Panzanella described the thing of kind of looking like a football cut in half lengthwise from tip to tip. Okay. So I guess still kind of similarly shaped to like right. a teardrop, I guess, but maybe with like a little bit of a dome on the top. The chase was done because they ran out of gas and that thing was long gone. So they drove back to the station in Ravenna. And I guess when they got back, there was a lot of media outlets there. And there was also a civil defense official there back at the police station who checked Dale and his cop buddy with a Geiger counter or like one of those like radiation things. Oh, to make sure that their stuff was okay? Uh-huh. I thought you were going to say checked them if they had been smoking a bunch of weed. Because <laughs> I'm like, I think that's the first thing I would check. Yeah, they well, they were at least radiation free, which is <laughs> which is good news. But they don't um, know if they were cannabis free. No, they don't. No okay. one does. One day passed, and then the next day at the station, Major Hector Quintanilla Jr., the director of Project Blue Book, showed up. Now, Project Blue Book is the United States government official alien investigatory division. Okay. So these, and, and they're based out of the Wright Pat Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio. Mm. So weird. And I, I did a little bit of precursory uh, looking on Project Blue Book, and yeah, it's like that's where, at least public knowledge, that's where people people who work for the government who investigate alien stuff. That's where they work. So this guy's first words to Dale, who worked for Blue Book, said, quote, tell me about this mirage you saw, end quote, already dismissing that it could be anything else. And I guess Dale sat down and told him the entire story. Four days passed, and then Major Quintanilla released the government's official report on the incident and saying that the two witnessed a, quote, echo satellite. And then what they saw in the sky was an optical illusion, and they were driving over 100 miles an hour because Venus, the planet, was creating a mirage in the sky that made it look like there was a spaceship flying through the sky. So being released by the government, that's what everyone believed. And then people now ridiculed Dale for saying that he had seen a spaceship. Hmm. And they were like, oh, so this guy just chased a giant mirage of the planet Venus? Yeah. Great. Great. Well, that usually is what seems to be the case is if it is anything weird, I mean, the government's going to dismiss it because they don't want mass hysteria to happen. 100%. So it's like, yeah, just dismiss it because even if you did see something like it's probably like one of their planes doing something shady. I mean, like, is it alien? Who knows? Do you think it could be something from the government? Who knows? Technology that they don't need people knowing that we possess yet. It doesn't matter. But one thing I think that further proves the fact that Major Quintanilla from Blue Book was trying to dismiss this as quickly as possible is in the report, he brought Dale's uh, judgment into question. So now Dale was worried about the next time he had to show up to court or something to dispute a traffic ticket or to uh, testify for something that people would be second guessing his own, you know, his his judgment or whatever. Right. So he started to get super stressed out and worried that his... His reputation were ruined, so he wouldn't be seen for days at a time, and then eventually he just left town. And then people found out that he was living at a motel in Solon, Ohio, and then no one heard from him for four years until 1970, when he showed back up at his house and met his son, again, James, and was talking to him. And James, I, I, I don't know how old James was at the time, but Dale took James to live with him and his stepmom in Rocky River, Ohio. 
And then James asked where his dad had been for a few years. And Dale, I guess, was pretty dismissive for a while. And then eventually told him, I saw this thing. I got ridiculed and I got nervous. And then I went to live in this motel in Solon. And then while he was living at the motel, I guess, according to Dale, he kept being visited by the ship and like people on the ship. So then he moved again to Amstead, West Virginia, where he got a job driving taxis and stuff like that. And then he was on a hike in West Virginia, fell down an old abandoned mine shaft. And I guess was... It, Dale seems like a real character. It's not good to be Dale. I feel like this is like an action movie that someone just released in theaters. Like, Well, a really bummer action movie where the... Taxi driver falls down mine shaft, sees alien life. Keeps getting smacked by an alien. Not a great father. Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> I guess I guess capture him and turn him into an alien. Well, he was found by hikers, taken to the hospital, and was in a coma for a little while after he fell down the mine shaft. Poor Dale. Man, Dale. But I guess while he was being checked on one time by a nurse, who this nurse did not know his history, especially dealing with the UFOs and stuff, the nurse ran out of the room and told the doctors that she couldn't uh, care for this guy anymore because she believed that he was being possessed by an alien. So this nurse wouldn't mm. care for him. Dale snapped out of his coma, went back, got James. They lived in Rocky River. Uh, and I guess Dale passed in 1983. But I guess at Dale's funeral were a group of Inuits from Canada who showed up at his funeral and nobody knew who these people were or how they got to his funeral. Well, maybe he had friends in other places. He could have, but I guess it was just like, oh, that's peculiar. Because he has of... friends in low places. Or high places because of the aliens. <laughs> friends in high places. That's Dale's story. I don't know. I think it's peculiar. A lot, all, all of the uh, the yeah. the poor happenings that happened to Dale. Yeah, I just feel like it's be it's a downer being Dale. It kind of is, right? Yeah. You see a spaceship. Everyone makes fun of you because. The government tells everyone that you're wacky, and then you have to leave town and quit your job, and then you fall down a hole. Yeah, and he lived in Rocky River, and he wasn't even alive during Kelsey Elizabeth Cupcakes and Macaron Stand was there. Oh, in Rocky River? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, that right. place is adorable. Adorable and pretty good macaroons. Yeah, if you're around the Rocky River area, go check out Kelsey Elizabeth. Okay, it's sure. It's a cute little bake shop. And then send us one. Yeah. Guess our address and send us one. <laughs> Ask Dale. Yeah, oh, I guess while Dale was in his coma, his eyes were wide open the entire time. Ew. Yeah, which could maybe lend itself more to believing alien possession. Or that's why that nurse was freaked out. And she's like, no, mm-mm. I can't do it. It's a little, She it's, walked it's in and creepy. just saw his eyes open and went, no, no, no. I'm brand new here. I'd rather <laughs> maybe just let me let me give some IVs for a while and then I can start doing let this Let me stuff. ease into this situation. Well, that's it. That's all I have. Well, nice. Thanks, Lens. Very interesting alien story. Hey, thank you very much. Or Crazy Dale story. Daisy, we don't know. Daisy Crail. Daisy Crail. Well, we would like to thank Eli Rexford Chambers for writing the music that you heard at the beginning, middle, and end of our show. You can find Eli on social media at Eli Who Does Music. Thanks, Eli. And we also did a cool live instrument performance with our Spooky Spouse song a couple episodes ago. So if you missed that one, oh, check yeah. it out. Yeah, for our 50th episode, which was also our year anniversary of doing the show. Yeah. We'd yeah. also like to thank everyone at Viddy Space and at the Scavengers Network. 
They're wonderful people. They do wonderful things. And yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We would also like to thank each and every one of you for listening, for spreading the word, for supporting us, for sticking with us. We're happy to have you. And thanks for hanging out, everybody. Yeah, and happy Thanksgiving. We hope you have a wonderful holiday. However you choose to celebrate, please have fun and know that we are very thankful to have each and every one of you on board on Team Spooky Spouses. And careful deep frying your turkey. Slowly. Slowly. Also make sure it's thawed out. No hospitals. No. Slowly dunk your turk is what I've been saying (laughs) since day one. Since day one. Since you were born. Since I was born. It was my first sentence. (laughs) I guess have a going back for thirds on stuffing Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Thursday Thanksgiving. It is on Thursday. Have a (laughs) ghostly mashed potato Thursday. Yeah. Because I'm just going to relate it to Thursday now because that's when all the food comes out. Turn your your mashed potatoes on your plate into a ghost, like vertically, three-dimensional. Take a photo of it and then send it to us. Eat your Thanksgiving dinner, kind of like how Slimer does in Ghostbusters, where yeah. just like he shoves it all in his face and it's all going on the floor everywhere. Yeah, and it go and it comes out of your bottom immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone, until next week, we will see you later. Bye bye. Bye. peppermint mocha with almond milk i forget what mine is toasted white mocha chocolate granny (laughs) soy milk soy milk soy milk soy milk soy milk